What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Janella Show. I'm Mike, obviously. Thanks for joining me. This is my 48th podcast episode. Hopefully won't be my last. And on the horn with me this week, oh man, this week we're both in New York. The weather's getting nice. Everyone's blasting the music. They've got their Spotify rooftop playlists going. And he's the man who can help us with all that. He's my makeup brother, but more importantly, the host of Billboard News with us, Kevin Kenny. Kev, what's happening, man? Nothing much, man. What an introduction. That was incredible. Nothing but the best for you, my man. How was, uh, I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday. It was like 80 degrees today here in New York. How was your first day of, of spring? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And uh, you get, you and I are both, uh, along with Makeup Brothers, which I hope we get into how funny that story is. We're also <laughs> New Jersey brothers. We're Garden yeah. State brothers in arms. And uh, I was walking home in Hoboken, New Jersey tonight, where I live, actually. It's just beautiful. The town comes alive. It's, I mean, I'm right on the water there on the Hudson River. It's it's just, uh, it's gorgeous this time of year. So I hope you're enjoying it as well. Oh, it is the best. I was out on the frying pan, which for those of you who are not New York area people, it's a floating ship with a bar on it on the, on the west side, on the Hudson River. And I just spent the afternoon there. It was oh my gosh. magnificent. Yeah. The joys of freelancing. You get a lot more free time to do, to do a lot of <laughs> yeah. stuff. But it costs you money. But whatever. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about <laughs> you, Kev. And uh, we're going to get to your career. And we're going to talk about uh, music and Billboard and your awesome gig and all that stuff. But the way I start every episode with every guest is to get you in a good mood. So I want to ask okay. you, what's the best thing that happened to you in the last week? Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, the best thing that happened to me in the last week, is it, is it, uh, am I being too much of a homer running into you and all our old peeps over there at ZMG? Uh, you're going to, you're going to say running into me is the best thing that happened to you in the last well, week. You no, got to get a better hey, life hey, if let, that's let, your let, answer, let me, man. I got to think about it. I've done some to work. Um, but I think, no, for me personally, man, I'll go there. I'll say getting to see all my old friends. Uh, for those that don't know, they're listening to podcasts right now. Mike sort of, uh, you know, mentor might be a stretch, but Mike was uh, like one of the first people I met at my first real job out of college uh, hosting in New York City. And I was at a company called uh, Zazoom Media Group. And uh, we got, all got together. It was like a big reunion. One of our good friends, uh, Amanda, was uh, leaving the company. And we all got together at, uh, what was that place called? Pier A, down on the Hudson River there. And yeah. uh, it was right on the waterfront. It was Friday night. A uh, couple rounds of drinks. I was going to say a couple of drinks. A couple rounds of drinks. And uh, I had a great time, man. It was really cool seeing everybody. I'd say that was probably the, uh, the best thing in the past week that I got into. Man, well, the fact that I was there just brings a, a tear to a glass eye, man. It warms up my heart. So thanks for thanks for going there, Kev. Um, oh, all right, man. So let's get to you. Let's get to the gig. Now, we all know Billboard. It's the Hot 100, and it's the charts, and they've been around forever, and they're as an American of an institution as you get, uh, particularly in music. You host Billboard News, which is kind of new for them. So tell us, what is Billboard News? What's your role? Just give us the, the 411 to get started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Billboard News was a, is, is a is a relatively new show. You know, we're taping this now in 2017. The show launched in uh, November of 2016, and it was kind of cool because you just kind of alluded to there. It's 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 a piece of Americana in my book, the charts and whatever the number one song in the country is. I mean, they, in terms of the charts as we know it, I think it dates back to about the 50s, late 50s. Um, but Billboard as a company's been around. They used to measure advertising, uh, to my uh, recollection, to my understanding. So the, the company, in terms of American culture and American popular culture, has been around for so long, but they've never had a daily music show. 
um, just bringing people the daily headlines and the, and the biggest stories of the day. And so that's what they wanted to do is a big initiative uh, from the very top of Billboard uh, at that company. And they were uh, kind enough to uh, give me a call and I got in contact with them and we launched in November and we come to you uh, from New York and LA. I have an amazing co-host named Chelsea Briggs who uh, anchors the coverage out in Los Angeles, California. She's based out there. And uh, I anchor the coverage here in New York uh, City, in Manhattan. And so, yeah, like three times a day, sometimes four. Actually, you know what? I misspoke. I think five times a day I come to you. It's, it's all over. But I think five times a day we bring you big stories and uh, new songs and chart news. And uh, you can also catch me on Billboard Live, which is a live program that we tape in Manhattan as well. And we have your favorite bands on there and interviews and uh live music it's a lot of fun and, <laughs> yeah is that uh your roommate there saying backstreet boys right are you having them on or have you had them on did i miss that <laughs> they have not been on yet there's some talk but they have not been on yet uh, okay so but give us some of the names obviously i mean billboard you got to have some pull right so give the people some perspective drop some names here of folks that you've been able to to cover and work with and interview and talk to live and kind of the league that you're playing at yeah, totally. I mean, I think just if you're looking for big names, uh, I was just down in Texas for South by Southwest, which is a big, you know, music and tech festival uh, down there in Austin, Texas. Spoke to Garth Brooks, and you know, it's funny. Like you can go through the names, but some of the uh, the context of these stories are so funny. Like Garth Brooks, right? He's uh, for those that don't. I mean, everybody knows Garth Brooks, but for those that may not know, like the, the specifics of Garth Brooks, he's the best-selling solo artist ever uh, in terms of albums in America. Um, the guy is just such a phenomenon in terms of the world of country and the world of music overall. Um, so something like 160 million records so the, you know you got a guy of that stature and we were in the austin convention center and it was an interview actually that kind of came about at the last second um the day of it was like their their his publicist i should say reached out to our guys hey you want to do something for billboard news we're like absolutely you know garth brooks how could you how could you pass that yeah. out so we, didn't have, we, didn't, we didn't have a green room Right? Yeah. Uh, so we didn't have a green room or like a lounger or a set or anything. So I actually interviewed Garth Brooks uh, in a bathroom, in a men's bathroom. <laughs> uh, we just dove in. We're like, is anybody in here? No one's in there. We set up shop. We filmed it. Uh, so it was funny just getting to talk to Garth. He's actually doing a huge show in Austin that week, uh, talking about that. And he has a new single out right now as well. Uh, but it was just funny being, you know, next to a guy of his stature uh, in such an unlikely uh, environment. But, uh, you know, in addition to Garth, I'm trying to think of some people that are, uh, you know, what I get a big kick out of is when I get to uh, speak to these bands, because music, I'm sure for you too, you know, is so important and so integral to us growing up. And some of these bands that I grew up, you know, listening to, um, that I now get to meet and now get to talk about these songs that I grew up listening to uh, and hear them perform on a Billboard Live or interview them on a Billboard News. It's so special. Like recently, uh, I interviewed... Uh, or he did an interview, but I spoke, got to meet and speak with uh, Newfound Glory. They stopped by the office. Oh, my junior yeah. year uh, Screamo <laughs> soundtrack of high school. Oh, man. Right? A million aim away messages were probably lodged. Oh, there. 100% for sure. But yeah, that's cool. Um, Lisa Loeb just stopped by. Lisa Loeb uh, famously sang the song Stay, a uh, big 90s hit. Uh, I got to meet her. Um, I was at Good Morning America on Monday, actually. We just announced our uh, Billboard Music Awards, which is an annual award show that takes place each and every May. Um, this year will be in Las Vegas, Nevada. That takes place May 21st. I don't know when this airs or not, but uh, if it hasn't, check it out. It's on ABC. And uh, they announced the uh, nominees on Good Morning America. And so we got to go down there backstage. And I, used to, uh, I got to hang out with um, Pete Wentz, a fallout boy. Got to meet him briefly. He helped announce it. And then also uh, a new up-and-coming singer named Julian Michaels. He's got a big hit right now on the uh, Hot 100, about a top 25 song called Issues. And so I got to chat with her. So, yeah, it's always something different. It's always something new. Um, 
always cool and interesting. I love music, so whether they're a big star or a new star, you know, or maybe a nostalgia act, it's always great to kind of just get to get that close to musicians and get to talk to them. I, I couldn't let your Garth Brooks story go without making the joke. You interview him in the bathroom, so now you guys are friends in low places. I mean, has anyone <laughs> brought that up to you? They have not, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that next time I'm uh, around my country music. You're welcome, man. You can you can have that one on the house. Um, so obviously, I mean, you're meeting these great people. You're having these great experiences, and everyone loves music, right? Like even if you're not that into it, you have an artist that you love or songs you grew up with or whatever. So this is kind of a dream gig for a lot of people. So how'd you get it? Yeah, I mean, uh, to that point, it's definitely a dream gig for me for sure. Um, I had been in touch or involved with billboard magazine and billboard is just a company i think dating back to like my senior year of high school um i started out i, I didn't always want to like grow up and do this i don't want to make it out like that it was this lifelong thing I, I i always think of music as sort of um and even broadcasting or whatever you call what you and i do for a living um hosting or what have you um it's almost like like a bad romantic comedy, right? Where like my whole life, there's this girl next door called music. My whole life, there's this girl next door called broadcasting or hosting. And I'm like, you know, pursuing all these other avenues or pursuing all these other people. And then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, you've been here the whole time. And, you know, it's this big uh, moment where you just, it all comes together. And that's really kind of how I look at my career and, and my uh, sort of desire to go into this. And um, around like later on in college, because um, I actually started out studying medicine in college. I wanted to be a doctor. And then I discovered uh, entertainment and, and eventually hosting. But I really wanted to to, to get closer to music and um, not so much be on camera. It wasn't really like a uh, – it wasn't so much a desire to, to, to be a star or be famous or anything like that. But it was really just I wanted to get close to music and I wanted to help these artists uh, connect with fans and also tell their stories. And so that obviously led me towards an interest in uh, music broadcasting or music hosting. And so I started uh, back in 2012, uh, my junior year of college, I started a local music show called 201 Music. That was a very modest operation. It was like me and a bunch of college classmates. Um, but it was pretty cool. We would have 201 is the area code uh, where the college was located uh, in northern New Jersey. And we would have these local acts on and we'd book these bands and we had punk bands and singer-songwriters and hip-hop acts. And it was really cool. And we would do it in the auditorium of Ramble College, which is a small school in uh, Maui, New Jersey. And uh, from there, that caught the attention of a professor at the college uh, that took a liking to the program. And that professor was a freelance professional videographer and shooter and editor. And he worked professionally with a bunch of magazines, one of them being Billboard. And at the time, Billboard had a program called Real Time Rewind, which was um, sort of like, I, you know, I don't want to speak too much about it because I'm not that familiar with it, but I think it lived on Twitter. It was kind of like a social media, one of the first ever kind of like social media driven shows. Mm -hmm. And, um, they were looking for a new host at the time. This is like 2013, I think. And so he threw my name into the bucket. And I was like a 21, 22-year-old kid. And they were nice enough to kind of entertain me for a little bit there. And then um, there were a couple other projects uh, throughout the preceding years that they were uh, nice enough to consider me for. And then um, what happened is I was actually – uh, interested in a, a live hosting job that they were kind of batting around at Billboard magazine and uh, interviewed for it, thought it went really well, you know, like asking all the right questions and I was pretty amped about it. And then there was nothing for like, you know, a long period of time and they're so busy, you know, over there at Billboard. I just figured, you know, maybe it fell through the cracks, maybe it was the guy, whatever. And then randomly one day um, I got a message on my uh, phone from somebody at Billboard saying, hey, can you come in tomorrow? You know, so I was like, yeah, of course, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm checking my schedule. Of course, I'm free. And so uh, I went up on a Friday 
and they uh, I'm not sure how much I could say, but they essentially were like, uh, hey, you say know, it all. You're... We want all the scoops and the behind <laughs> the, the dish here, man. I want a job. No, but, <laughs> That's more important, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was a Friday. They they essentially we we did I guess uh, you could say some test uh, some testing some test shoots. Uh, they said we'll let you know on Monday, and then I, they let me know on Monday, and it was a go. And they were like, we want to launch on Thursday. How's that sound? I'm like three days from now. <laughs> so it happened very 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 fast, um, and it was just so exciting. I really didn't have time to to stop and think, and we were off to the races and. Uh, I mean, the show couldn't have gotten off to a better start. Debuted in November, yeah, six million, seven million people watched a week now, um, you know, in various forms on various platforms, and um, you know, it's become one of the more, if not the most successful, uh, sort of video property, uh, certainly the most uh, prevalent video property that the brand has, and uh, it's really cool and exciting, and uh, and a privilege to be a part of it. So. That's incredible, man. And like anyone who's doing anything in our industry, that happens. You've got to, like, you're on your grind, and then you don't hear for months from someone that you thought maybe was a shoe in for an opportunity. Then all of a sudden, when that time comes, you've got to be ready to jump on that train because that's going to be heading out in no time. And so you really, when that opportunity comes knocking, you open the door, no questions asked. And obviously, now with the numbers you mentioned, this thing has taken off like a jetpack. So good for you taking that, taking that opportunity and running with it. That's great stuff. Yeah, and you know, to to the point you kind of just raised, just kind of, um, you know, you never know when things are going to pop up, and just kind of always being ready. I know you, I I've, I've come to know you, Mike, as just such a hustler and somebody who is, um, you know, just always on their game and always grinding and always, you know, putting content out or creating, uh, you know, quality content and, you know, always uh, working for your opportunities. Uh, you know, when that billboard thing wasn't uh, happening, when I wasn't here for billboard, I also was producing uh, the web series that I actually still do produce called Five Songs to Add, and so. Um, you know, no matter, you know, if these dream opportunities come along or not, it's just really important, you know, to remind people listening or anybody with a dream or anybody with ambition uh, to achieve anything. It's like you just always got to keep working because you really never know. Hey, man, you keep continuing to flatter me, just like dropping in these little seeds here and there. <laughs> you can become like a weekly guest. Just come back on the show whenever you <laughs> yeah. want. It'll be a uh, so what's um so what's a day in the life like? Uh, we've kind of talked about the gig macro and at large, but I mean, you say, you know, five times a day you're coming out. You still produce your side uh, series there, the five songs to add. You have the live broadcasts. Like, what, what's Monday through Friday like for you, Saturday, Sunday, between prepping, shooting? Are you just listening to Spotify for, like, three hours in the office trying to get new acts? <laughs> or, like, just tell me what it's like being you on a random day at work. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's pretty crazy. It's, it starts early. I wake up about three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Oh, um, are you serious? Like, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, but you know that grind, man, because you come from news where, you know, when you when we were working together, uh, you know, briefly there at ZMG, it's like, you know, you'd have to be in the office at 5, 30, 6 o'clock, get those first stories out by 8, uh, you know, for whoever they're for. Um, it's the same kind of deal at Billboard where I'll wake up um, about 3.34, you know, prep, um, check what's going on, if anything's trending. Uh, we've got great, tremendous editors that help me a lot at Billboard News. So I get pitches sent to me every day of like, hey, you know, this could be a cool play. This is a, a big story breaking overnight or this is a story that could break later in the day. You know, I want to hop on it early. Um, and so, yeah, we, there's a story selection process. We get going at about 6 a.m. Uh, in New York. Uh, first story is usually out by like 8. And then it's just kind of one thing after another, just following the news cycle. And, you know, it really – Really just the show is for the fans and the show is for uh, people who love music and who want their music news as fast as possible, you know, um, 
in the best way possible. And so uh, when we see a story, man, we hop on it, we're aggressive, we get it out and we try to get it to, to the fans as soon as possible. Because uh, you know how important these, these artists and these songs, these, these headlines are to them. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say about 8, p- or 8 a.m., excuse me, 8 a.m. the first story goes out. And then from there, it's, you know, five stories in a day, typically. And those stories, you know, they come in the form of segments or episodes or videos. Um, Throughout the day, on our we have Billboard News YouTube channel. You can find us on Billboard.com, Billboard's uh, official Twitter account too. Um, the show airs, and so yeah. And then on in the afternoon, typically I'll then head to Midtown because we actually tape the show um, for those that are listening that aren't, aren't uh, from New York City or Manhattan. We tape the show uh, in Chelsea, which is sort of downtown, lower Manhattan, and then we also have studios in Midtown Manhattan, kind of by Times Square. Um, it's just a big landmark I could point to, or Grand Central Terminal, <laughs> another big thing up there. Um, I'm trying to be a tour guide and a, and a subject here, but I know that could so be your I'll... next side hustle. Yeah, the the, uh, the Kevin Tour Bus <laughs> Express. <laughs> There you go. Uh, no, so yeah, I'll head up to Midtown, and that's where we tape Billboard Live. And then, um, so yeah, I'll get my responsibilities done uh, down in Chelsea, and then I'll head up to Midtown for Billboard Live. I'll interview bands. Uh, we can tape anywhere from like two or three of those in a given afternoon. Always live, always on Facebook, which is cool. And again, like you know, it goes back to the fans of bringing the fans the stories, also getting to interact with the fans. Um, and being that sort of conduit to their favorite artists on a, a Billboard Live is really cool because, you know, obviously on Facebook they can comment, they can interact. We're also now um, simulcast on uh, not only uh, Facebook, but we're also on YouTube Live and we're also on uh, Periscope, which is through Twitter Live. And, and actually, you know what? Instagram Live as well. Um, so it's cool. And then I'd say my typical day wraps around like six. So maybe like, you know, that's like about a 12 hour day typically Monday through Friday. Um, and then from six to bedtime, it could be anything from an event that I host on my own to, uh, producing content for five songs to add to sort of something you already alluded to, just listening to new music, sort of diving into what's new and trying to, uh, again, bring in new artists and spotlight new artists. That's something I'm certainly passionate about. Uh, it never ends. It definitely never ends, but when it's a passion, you know, you don't really think about it. You are literally everywhere, all over the internet. It's crazy. <laughs> and throughout the course of the day, I feel bad because we're recording this kind of late at night now, and I'm keeping you away from, from what I'm sure is a very welcoming bed to get some sleep before your, your early oh, wake-up call. No, Mike, please. It's a pleasure, first of all. But uh, secondly, I am like a weird person where I like hate sleep. I probably need sleep more than anybody, but I just like, it's such an inconvenience that we have to like every night go and, and, and you know, lose these eight hours. I would so much rather be working. I'm, I'm that sort of, you know, I don't like to use the word workaholic, but I, I, I wouldn't, I would, I would not rather be doing anything else in the world than, than what I'm doing when, uh, in my waking yeah. hours. You are that guy for sure. Um, so let me, <laughs> So how do you how do you consume the music? You mentioned that you know you spent some time listening to it, and I'd love to hear any recommendations, up and coming artists or people to keep an eye on or an ear on, I guess I should say. But are you? Yeah. Do you still? Because you're a little younger than me too, right? You're what mid twenties right now, early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, do you still listen to the radio? Are you strictly Spotify? Are you a YouTube recommended recommended playlists? Uh, Google Play Music, I mean, title. I mean, tell me, how do you consume your music, someone who actually works in the industry at the highest levels? Yeah, you just touched on it there. You know, it's, it's a really interesting time uh, in the world of music because of how many different ways people do consume it. And that's obviously something at the crux of what Billboard does um, in terms of measuring. Because essentially, at the end of the day, you know, uh, whether it's the Hot 100 singles chart or the Billboard 200 albums chart, what all of these charts are doing is they're just kind of measuring the most popular songs, the most consumed songs in the country. That used to, you know, 
be pretty simple to do way back in the day, and not to oversimplify, but you know that used to be uh, record sales and they used to be radio airplay, you know. Um, but now, like you just said, it's, it's it's Google Play, it's iTunes, it's 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 every streaming service out there. It's YouTube, it's the radio. Uh, the the short answer uh, to your question is, I try to, I, it, I try to listen to everything and all formats because I think for me and what I do for uh, a platform and a company uh, like Billboard is. You know, I, I live in New York City, and it's very easy for me to get lost in um, as big as the city is, sort of that that sort of metropolitan bubble, you know, where uh, people are so hip to the new stuff and so welcoming and open to these new artists that, you know, you may get a false sense of how big somebody is or how successful a song is or, or, or how big of like a hit a song is. So I try to, you know, as much as I can, I try to, I have the iHeartRadio app on my phone, I'm a big fan of the iHeartRadio app. Um, I tune in. I'll just, I like to sort of see, okay, well, what's radio programming? What are they playing on Z100 here in New York? What are they playing on Kiss FM out in LA? You know, for that matter, where are they playing on the hip hop stations, the alt stations, the rock stations, the country stations? But then of course, you know, I am a millennial, I guess you could say, you just alluded to my age, you know, early to mid twenties. I, love Spotify. I sub- I have a subscription to Spotify. I have a subscription to SoundCloud. I have a subscription to uh, Apple Music. I have a subscription to um, uh, uh, YouTube. What is it? YouTube Red. Red so yeah. Jeez, man. You don't have to answer this, but I hope you're getting some of this comped <laughs> as a professional expense instead of shelling it all out of your pocket. Jeez. It is, it is taxes. I should check. But uh, yeah, no, I because it's important to me. I want to be everywhere. You know, like for instance, you know, Spotify has amazing playlists. You know, they have amazingly talent, uh, talented curators that are that are programming those playlists. Uh, but then Apple Music will have Beats One Radio, which is, I mean, if you're a music fan and you're not listening to Beats One Radio, you're crazy right now. Just how you know Beats One Radio for those that aren't familiar, your favorite artists um, have their own radio show. So if you're a fan of Drake, he has OVO Sound Radio. If you're a fan of um, Future, he has FBG Radio. If you're a fan of you know, there's there's really a station for everybody and everybody's musical taste there. Um, and it's really cool, you know, harkening back to the old days of radio. Um, but yeah, I try to listen to everything. Um, I think what's cool is that with my billboard job, it affords me the opportunity to talk to people who are having success um, commercially that maybe have established themselves to some sort of certain degree. And then with my five songs to add program that airs uh, once a month online, um, that really gets me in the crux of the independent scene and what's next and what's kind of bubbling beneath the surface. Um, so to answer your question, I don't know how, how good of an answer it is, but I really try to listen to everything. And I, you know, as I just said, I subscribe to all those different services because I do like to uh, to have my hands in everything and kind of have my ear to everything. Man, it's so, and you have to really have a passion for it because, I, like I said earlier, I'm not that much older than you. And I remember a time late high school, throughout college, even right after college, where I would try and keep up with everything. But this was a pre-streaming world we lived in back then, right? So it was mostly just CDs, MP3s, whatever. But it just got to a point where there's so much music in so many places. I kind of just gave up, threw my hands up, and it's like, I'll listen to Top 40, and that's kind of where I'm going to stay in my lane. Because, I mean, kudos to people like you who are able to just stay with the finger on the pulse. Because I, I, I have a hard time doing it. Let's just say that. Hey, it's tough, man. I think there's a lot of people that will definitely, uh, you know, probably listen to this podcast right now that are, you know, on their heads. Like, me too, Mike. And I think, you know, it's funny. I, I totally am aware of that. And that's sort of where the um, 
that's sort of where the idea for Five Song Stab is really born because there's so much great music and there's there's not so many filters or trusted filters anymore. You know, there used to be MTV or there used to be your favorite radio station and you would go there and it was trusted and, you know, this was your filter for the quality of new music and now those filters have sort of been dispersed and they are out there. There's, there's more of them, you could argue, uh, but... Like you said, it's kind of overwhelming. So with Five Songs to Add, uh, you know, where you can catch it on fivesongstoadd.com or you can watch it on Facebook, uh, Five Songs to Add, that's really just a conversation each month of like, here are five songs to add to your playlist or whatever you listen on, um, your Spotify's, your Apple Music's, your your titles, uh, to check out. And let, you know, it's a conversation each and every episode between me and, and the people that watch of just, hey, which is your favorite song? You know, there's 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 something for everybody on every episode, but it's really born out of that sort of frustration or, or confusion they kind of allude to there, Mike, of, of uh, you know, just so much music. What do I listen to? It's a struggle I play with every day, and I end up either going back to just the Beatles or Taylor Swift, and I know what I like, and I just go over hey, and over. It's far worse than those two. what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what about – because you obviously have to be a little bit all over the place in terms of your knowledge and your scope. And again, you don't have to name specifics. I don't want to get you in trouble with any genres or fans here, but I'm sure there are certain yeah. types of music that you just, they just aren't for you, that you don't dig it, or you're just not as into – X genre as Y genre, but you have to be as yeah. knowledgeable about it as anybody. So how do you prepare for that where you have to be ready to be able to talk about any kind of music? Yeah, you know, I think it's – um, and that's another thing that's really cool about Billboard is it's it's everything. You know, we had Trace Adkins by uh, on Billboard Live a couple weeks ago. And, you know, for those who don't know, Trace Adkins is like a legendary classic country musician. Um you know, but then we'll have uh, BTS by, and for those who don't know, BTS is like a group of eight, you know, they're a teenage K-pop band from Korea, a boy band from Korea that is just like the biggest thing in the world. So you know, you get everybody through those doors um, at Billboard. Uh, wh- where it starts and ends with me is really just you don't have to like the music; it doesn't have to be your favorite because to me, music is just an extension of of you know the human emotion. You know, so if you're a human being, you're a person, and you know, we all feel the same things. We all, whether we want to believe it or not, I think we're far more alike than we are different in this world, no matter where you're from or, or what you do for a living. And so if you kind of come from that place and then you approach the music, you know, just as a human being, as a person to person, like, hey, what was this person saying on this record? Why were they making this record? What are they, you know, um, how does this record make me feel? How did they feel while recording it? I think it's easy to sort of appreciate all these types of music. And, and I do get flack sometimes from, you know, people in the studio or people that are watching the show, kind of like, oh, you like everything. You know, you just you just say that. But really, I think there's something that I can find uh, to appreciate in most songs, you know, I mean, no matter who the artist is, whether it's country, whether it's a, a pop star, whether it's, you know, a singer songwriter, no one's ever heard of yet, you know, has 10 plays on SoundCloud. I think it really just starts from, you know, person to person. It's funny. Cause yeah, you get those people. It's like, Oh, what kind of music do you like? And don't tell me you like everything. Cause no one likes everything, mm-hmm. but there are some people mm-hmm. I guess that do. And for your job, that's a good thing. So Tell those people to you know, go fly a kite or whatever, whatever you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so, so give us some specifics now, Kev, in terms of either mainstream artists or up and coming on the verge people. I mean, summer's coming up. Song of Summer is always like a great unofficial contest. What are some jams? Oh, yeah. What are some albums? What are some people we should be keeping an ear out for over the next month or two? 
Definitely. Um, well, let's start with just people that are out there that um, your, your listeners are going to be familiar with. I'm a huge fan right now of, of Drake's new project called More Life. He started calling it a playlist. We at Billboard are calling it an album. Um, it's been number one on the Billboard 200 now for three straight weeks. Um, it's 22 songs. It's a, it's, a, it's a robust body of work, but um, for any Drake fan, I think it's his best work yet. It's his most complete work yet. So I've really been, that's been a heavy rotation for me as, as opposed to, uh, or I should say, as in terms of, you know, just an established act that I'm really enjoying right now. Um, somebody sort of on the rise right now, and I'm going to totally go left field from, from the hip hop in Drake, is a, a British rock band that's actually on their second uh, studio album uh, called Moose Blood. I'm a huge Moose Blood fan. I've actually worn some of their T-shirts on the show, uh, just because I am such a supporter of them. Sounds uh, like a Game of Thrones cool. character, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> go, go on. Dude, probably, yeah, it's an intense. And you know what's funny? You hear Moose Blood, you think some really like heavy metal stuff. You know, it's it, they're they're heavier, but they're kind of you know. I think they wouldn't object to me saying they're pop punk. Um, they're they're sort of uh, you know they're definitely alt rock. They're rockers. They're rockers from London, or uh, just outside of London, I should say. Um, but yeah, their album called Blush is definitely something to check out. It's Moose Blood again. And if you uh, don't have the time to check out an album, um, Knuckles by Moose Blood is a really great song. Um, so that's a band that's kind of out there right now on the come-up. And then uh, somebody who I really, again, we're going to stay over there in the UK. Um, maybe not Song of the Summer, but definitely a song with some summer, warm weather, tropical, cool, you know, dance vibes um it's called finders keepers and that's the song i really like right now and that is by an artist named mabel m-a-b-e-l out of uh the uk and kojo funds who's a hip-hop artist out of the uk right now so yeah that's called finders keepers and just a really fun um you know if you liked one dance by drake last year if you like that sort of like pop dance hall-esque tropical vibe uh i think you're really gonna like mabel as a whole and that song specifically Wow, awesome, man. Sounds like some great recommendations. Obviously, More Life is something I think a lot of people listening will have at least heard of or been aware of, but uh, Moose Blood and Mabel, good stuff. So download us now, people, everyone listening. Go go and do it. Um, Cool, Kev. Well, we end the show with a couple segments, a couple fun segments, and uh, the big finale is the Fun Five, which are five quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. But before we get to those... I offer every guest the chance to turn the tables so you, and this yeah. is your day job, so I guess you know, feel free to take the opportunity if you'd like. You can ask me any question you want about anything. So if you want, fire away. Awesome. Um, okay, so one question. All right, so before I met you, Mike, for those that don't know, uh, on my first day ever and my first real job ever in New York City at a place called DMG, um, you literally taught me how to – uh, do everything from write a news story to collect assets to put on my makeup, as we sort of joked about at the top of the show. But before you did that, from my understanding, you worked for the Guinness Book of World Records. Is that correct? Uh, Guinness World Records is their Guinness official World name. Records. Yes, that is yes. the trademark name. Um, now, what was the craziest record that you saw um, uh, made or set uh, while working for Guinness? And if you've been asked this, I apologize, but... It's uh, it's pro- it's the yeah. standard question, and, and I actually still do some uh, f- some judges and adjudicating for them uh, now as well. So I'm still a little bit in that game, but it's a it's a, okay. the number one well, question. How about one that you've not talked about? How about what you've not talked about on the show? Is there one that like is, is just uh, you've never broached it yet? On, uh, uh, on, no, on I mean the answer is obvious, and it's I never get sick of talking about it. I didn't actually measure them; they were already measured. But I got to meet the woman with the longest fingernails, which. Oh, 
Oh, I mean, that image, you know, is forever in my mind in a good way because she is the nicest woman. Uh, oh, I, I forget the length at this point. This was, you know, four or five years ago, and I believe she's kept growing them out ever since. Uh, I'll have to try and Google this now while we're talking. Uh, but you see the classic pictures, right? You always see that's one of the more iconic Guinness World Records images mm-hmm. is the long fingernails. So this woman, you know, she was young. She's vibrant. Um, she has a whole team with her that kind of helps her out throughout the day and doing her tasks that she can't. But she loves it, and she was taking pictures with everybody left and right and a- answering every question possible. And just, you know, I have a picture with her behind me kind of giving me a hug from over my shoulders with her nails just <laughs> draping down below. And it's one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken in my life, and she was just an awesome person. So for me, that is definitely something you see in magazines or in books or online. But until you see it there in person, you don't really get a grasp for what it's like. So that, for me, is number one with a bullet. Well, let me ask you a follow-up question because if, if you have been asked that before on the podcast, um, something else I'm so curious about is you know, these people, uh, some of the records can be so specific and work so hard at these things. Have, what is the most heartbreaking uh, exchange you've had? Has there ever been somebody that set out, maybe did a physical task or, or, or collected something or whatever, tried to set a record, and were you, did you have to deliver the bad news that, unfortunately, you have not set the record you are, you know, you are not the new record holder. Oh, it happens all the time, both in person and for people who send evidence into the headquarters to be reviewed. Uh, I mean, world records are not easy, and Guinness World Records has the most stringent, obviously, standards for verifying these things. So, the latest tally, they get over fifty thousand uh, applications a year. People saying, "I want to do this. I want to do that." And only about two percent of those are ever successful. So, the majority of the cases are. Sorry, you didn't do it. Uh, And yeah, I've done it myself. I've done it via email, over phone, in person many times. It's it's part of that world. But that's what makes having it, when you finally break that Guinness World Records feat, that's what makes it so much better and so much sweeter is having to go through all that uh, negativity to finally be able to come out on top. So yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I've done plenty of times. And it's not a fun part of the job, but people understand that it's a reality. So... Definitely, man. It is. It is. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's it's the inspirational part of just trying it. That's the most important thing uh, in the end with those guys. So they've been doing it for years. So people keep uh, keep loving it, and I can't blame them. All right, Kev, we're gonna wrap up now with the fun five. Like I said, five quick fun questions. They're for you and you alone. Number one, you've mentioned a bunch of artists you've already had either on your show or you've had the chance to meet and talk to and work with. But who is your dream artist to be able to have on one of your shows? Dream artist. Hmm. I'm going to say, and it's not an artist as much as it's a band. I'm going to say a dream artist of mine is brand new. Do you ever listen to brand new back in the day? Yeah, definitely. Yep. I would love to talk to brand new because I feel like they're a band that, I don't want to say gets a bad rep. But maybe a misunderstood, or maybe maybe just more so than misunderstood, or better, just a mysterious band to a certain degree. And I'd love to sort of be able to sit down uh, and talk to them, you know, about their music and about just them as a band and their story. So I'll say brand new. All right, well, brand new. If you're listening, they're big fans of the podcast. Kev, talk to the guy. <laughs> get get on the show. Uh, question number two. Make it happen. Yeah, we'll try our best. Uh, question number two. I'm assuming you're old enough that you were still in the game when the CDs were a thing. So, what's the first mm-hmm. CD 
you ever bought? First CD that I ever bought. Well, you know what? I'm going to skew a little bit. I was a big cassette guy before. When my friends were buying CDs, I was like, I don't know. I guess I just didn't have a CD player, but like, you know, in like the, you know, the nineties, late nineties, like I was buying a lot of cassettes and I remember the first cassette that I ever bought ever, ever was a single and it was the single to Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. So there's my street cat cred rolled into one. Boom. <laughs> this is my first, yeah, right there. Don't Man, mess with me, brother. I used to love that because obviously you get a whole album and half the songs you don't like. So I would buy cassette okay. singles too and be like, I just want the one or two songs. So that was, I mean, such a like small window of of life and pop culture. But I'm I'm happy mm-hmm. you said that because it brought back memories for me too. All right, so Gangsta's oh. Paradise, Coolio. Uh, question number three: Best concert you've ever been to? Best concert I've ever been to. Um, my 25th birthday. Not to bring it up again, but my 25th birthday, a really good friend of mine took me to the Starland Ballroom, which is uh, for those who don't know, it's a super. Uh, I don't know if you take historic, but it's a super well known. And I feel like it's in your hometown now. It is. I was about to say, Sayreville, New Jersey, on the map. Yeah. Um, So it's in Sayreville, New Jersey. You probably know it well. It's a super small venue, maybe like 1,000 people fitting in, 1,500 people. But uh, I saw Newfound Glory, who's like probably one of my favorite bands in the entire world, on my 25th birthday, uh, which is a big birthday for anybody. And it was just a really special night. And and they, you know, sometimes you see these bands and they don't play the songs you want to hear. Or they play all these songs you've never heard of. Or they play, you know, these deep cuts or these B-sides. Dude, Newfound Glory played the hits, nothing but the hits. And it was just like a 110-mile-per-hour party from start to finish. It was, it was the best concert I've ever seen. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, formerly known as Hunkabunka, known for its teen nights uh, around New Jersey, but now Starland Ballroom, an awesome venue. So, wow. When was go. the Hunkabunka? What's that? When was it the hunk of bunka? Uh, through my high school days, so up until like the early early two thousands, um, yeah, know, and through like late nineties, early two thousands, yeah. So there you go, That's a little awesome. history lesson. Dude, um, I'm all right, question number four. This is gonna be a two parter. I mean, these are okay. two of the most iconic battles in music of all time. So I want to get your your thoughts on them. So question four A, Biggie or Tupac, and question four B, Stones or Beatles. Great questions. I'm gonna go Tupac. I may not be able to walk around New York City once this uh, comes out. You gotta stay on the Tupac. New Jersey side of the river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I gotta. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tupac. I think I just. I uh, I'm a big. How am I gonna put this without offending some people? Um, they're both great lyricists. I just I enjoyed this. You know what? I'll say this. I related more to the stories that Pac would tell than maybe the stories that Biggie would tell in his music. I think they're both great lyricists. They're both all-time greats. I mean, it's both just, it goes without saying, a tragedy, just such a loss that, uh, you know, they were taken from us at the, at the point in their life they were taken from us. But um, I'm a big fan of both their catalogs. I was just listening to Biggie, I've Got a Story to Tell, which is a great song of his life after death record, like literally going to work. Um, so I love Biggie. I would just have to go Tupac in that regard. And Beatles or Stones? I gotta go Beatles, man. I gotta go. My mom's gonna kill me when she listens to this because she loves McDagger. But I'm a Beatles guy for sure. Uh, well, like like I said, like you said, can't go wrong with either one for either of those questions. All right, last one, Kev. Question number five. You've alluded to it. I've mentioned it. We're both Jersey guys, prides of the Garden State. Uh, we still call it home. In fact. A lot of mm-hmm. good musicians, a lot of good artists have come out of New Jersey in its history. Who is your favorite artist or group to ever come out of our amazing home state? 
Oh man, I gotta, I mean, it's it's so cliche. Again, I may not be able to walk around this town. I'm in Hoboken, New Jersey right now. For those that don't know, it's the birthplace of Frank Sinatra. And I literally live across the street uh, from the Hoboken Museum, which is like a shrine to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> but I'm going to have to say, because of my Aunt Jeannie, this is a family fair now. My mom's going to uh, get mad at me for Mick Jagger. But my Aunt Jeannie needs me to say Bruce Springsteen. And it's true. I Man, that like, I feel like it, you could probably test this too, Mike, is that it's almost like a rite of passage growing up in New Jersey. Uh, you know, going to high school, you have to, you got to listen to every Bruce album, man. Like Bruce is, Bruce to me is like the soundtrack to my adolescence. I love Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and for me, it was uh, the first time I got to see him live was also, kind of, it was like a concert rite of passage because that was the first concert I went to that was, you know, four and a half hours long and you hear about these epic shows, but every concert you go to now, it's an hour and a half, two hours and you go to a show, the boss, giant stadium, whatever. And it's like, wow. So this is what that's like. Um, so yeah, you can't go wrong with the boss, man. There's a reason he's got the nickname. So uh, what was it? Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Jeannie. Is that who you just made happy with that one? Yeah. Aunt Jeannie. Uh, yeah, Aunt Jeannie. If you're listening, <laughs> your boy Kev knows how to how to make it right. Um, cool, man. Well, Kev, this was a blast. Uh, I wanna. I know you say you don't need sleep, but I want to let you get going for the night. Thanks so much, man. But plug everything where people can find you or where they can find your work. Just go on a binge, man, yeah. and tell people where they can see more of you. Definitely. Uh, you know, Billboard News airs on Billboard.com. That's easy to find. And you can also subscribe to Billboard News on YouTube uh, just by searching that, that title. Uh, also, if you want to follow Billboard on Twitter, it's at Billboard. Billboard News will be uh, syndicated across there throughout your day as well. And then if you're uh, particularly interested in that Kevin fella on the Billboard News, uh, you can find me pretty much on any form of social media at Kevin Kenny. And I do spell my name funny. I'm 100% Irish on both sides, so it's like the most Gaelic name uh, I've ever heard of, but it's K-E-V-A-N, not I-N, but K-E-V-A-N-K-E-N-N-E-Y. Um, and that's just, there's no underscores. It's just my name straight through. And you can find that on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, any platform your heart desires uh, to get your fill of both music and moi. That's awesome, dude. Well, again, thanks for taking the time. Stay on the line. You and I can wrap up once I uh, stop recording. But this was fun, dude. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, man. All right, and make sure to check out MikeJanella.com. I'll have links to all of Kevin's stuff where you can find them, so make sure to hit that up. You can also find all previous episodes of the show. We're almost at 50, people. We're almost at the golden anniversary of the podcast, so catch up on any that you've missed. Plus, you can hear all about the great outro music that you're hearing at this very moment. Thanks so much again, Kev. Go get some sleep, man. And thanks to you guys for listening. We'll try and do better next time. See ya!